welcome to Snickle Meet and Greet. Today, I'm really excited to have um, Kalea Velasco-Cosare, a current Bachelor of Arts and Healthcare Leadership student, and faculty, Dr. Tim Fagan. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, well, thank you for having me. <laughs> um, hi, Professor Fagan. It's great to have you here. So, can Good you- Good to see you again. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the the the, the tables have changed here. Now you're on one of the hot. You get to grill me for a while, so it seems it only seems fair, right? You've been in my couple of my classes, so yes. <laughs> um, so can you first tell us a little bit about yourself, such as why you went into healthcare and kind of what your healthcare background is? Sure. Well, uh, and thank you for having me for this podcast. What what a great idea! So. Uh, my name is Dr. Tim Fagan. I'm actually just a, kind of a part-time lecturer at the, the uh, School of Nursing and Healthcare Leadership. Last year was my first time teaching at the University of Washington, Tacoma. Um, prior to that, I spent about 17 years in healthcare in various leadership positions. Uh, my final position was uh, kind of vice president and chief talent officer for Providence St. Joseph Health, which is uh, um, headquartered in Renton, Washington, but it has 50 hospitals across five Western states, and it's a pretty ginormous. And so, but uh, I think I was like a lot, a lot, a lot of people that you know, when COVID hit Providence, especially the administrative offices, closed down their administrative offices. We all started working at our in home and our spare bedrooms on Zoom calls. And uh, it just got me thinking, I, I think like a lot of people, you started reevaluating what you're doing and why you're doing it. And so, um, I had kind of, I know it sounds kind of geeky, but I had made it a goal for myself years and years and years ago to at some point in my life get a PhD and some point in my life to move into teaching. And so after spending a couple of years on, you know, 80 hours a week on Zoom calls for Providence, I said, you know, I got to do it. I, I, I got to move into teaching now or it'll never happen. And so, and that's why I just literally just kind of pulled the bandaid off. Um, Scared, scared my wife a little bit when I quit my my corporate job and said I'm going to teach now for a while, uh, but but she knew that's kind of what my long term goal was, and so um, and so actually I teach part time at University of Washington Tacoma, and then I teach full time at Fort Hayes State University, which is a, a can it's part of the Kansas uh, higher education system, but I teach their online leadership um, uh, master's in leadership program. So I'm just trying to kind of piece together my U mm -hmm. two point you know 2.0 career. And, um, you know, prior to Providence, I worked for 11 years for a health system in North Idaho. And really my my career prior to healthcare, I've been working in some high-tech industries. I worked in telecommunications for a while. I worked for Honeywell, which is a ginormous global organization in their, in their semiconductor business. But, you know, high-tech work is boom or bust. It's really, really tough. There's good times, there's bad times. And so... Um, Finally made the decision to have an opportunity to work for Kootenai Health in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, about 18, 19 years ago now. Um, just I wanted to get out of the high-tech world, and that's like a good good place to land, and I kind of wanted to be in healthcare in some capacity. And once I started working at Kootenai Health, I thought, I will never work in another industry again as long as I live. I mean, just the um, the, the the mission of healthcare organizations, the, the, the passion of the people working in healthcare, I mean, it's not even a passion. I mean, people that work in healthcare, it's, it's more of a calling than a passion for them. And so when I first started working in healthcare, I thought, this is it. I mean, what what an industry to make a difference, to do meaningful work, to be challenged. I mean, all that stuff. It's like, I will never, whenever the capacity, either 
working in corporate life or working in education. I will never work outside of healthcare again. Um, and then about a year and a half ago, I said, okay, it's time to make the jump into uh, really teaching full-time because in my, in my career, I had been doing some adjunct off and on for years. And finally, it's like, I got to do this full-time. And so I tell you, I am just, I'm kind of a little bit of a, I kicking myself. I should have made this jump years and years ago. It was like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever done in my life. Why didn't I do this 20 years ago? And so, but um, I'm here now. I really love working at the University of Washington Tacoma in that pro- in the program with the students. It's like, oh, it's just, it's almost, a, it, it, I hate to, you know, it sounds corny again, right? It's almost a dream come true. It's like you quit your corporate job and hope that you can land something. And here I am teaching now in, in, in two teaching jobs. And so it's great, it's great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you as your professor. You're one of my favorite professors at the school. Your classes, you made your classes so interesting and learned a lot. So I'm so happy you made that jump. <laughs> so could you kind of tell us what you think makes the program at UW-Tacoma for healthcare leadership students unique? I, I think, you know, there's not, especially at, the, especially at the bachelor's degree level, I don't know if I've seen a lot of kind of healthcare leadership programs, really good, robust programs at the bachelor's level. If you look across the country, you see a lot of masters in healthcare administration, masters in healthcare management. Um, You see very few, I guess, bachelor's level programs in healthcare leadership that I think are are, uh, even a hybrid. It's kind of campus-based, but it's very robust, right? So me personally, I've taught classes in the business of healthcare and accreditation and quality and safety and finance. I mean, it's a very, very healthcare leadership program at the bachelor's level, which I think is unique. I mean, I, I, before I learned about University of Washington, comes like I'm not sure if I saw a bachelor's program, a BA program at that level of rigor, mm-hmm. right? At that at that level, and so I think it's a very unique opportunity. And I think what I really like about the program is. Um, you know, from the student perspective, right, you're you're learning about all areas of healthcare leadership, mm-hmm. right? It's not just the management stuff and the team building stuff. I taught a, fi- a finance class, right? So you learn about finance, you learn about quality, you learn about accreditation. All of those key leadership skills are important for healthcare employers, and so I just think it's a great program. I think that I think I think the community of Tacoma and the South South region is very lucky to have a bachelor's level robust rigorous healthcare leadership program. So you listed some of the courses you teach. I'm wondering what's your favorite course to teach so far at UW Tacoma and why? Well I think a couple couple come to mind. I, I do like and I'm doing it again this fall. It's kind of the I think one of the one of the first first programs for students help the, the business of healthcare, mm-hmm. which talks about the whole healthcare industry the players, how it's financed, the policies at a very, just kind of an overview, which I think is really, really critical. And I, and I say that because in my, in my career in, in healthcare, my world was a lot in organizational development, training and education, leadership development. And we had a lot of leaders in healthcare that really, they understood their functional area very well. So if they were in nursing they understood that very well if they were in finance they understood that very well or marketing they understood that very well but they really don't understand the industry as a whole they really don't understand how how hospitals let's say make money and the policies and regulations hospitals have to follow what i love about 
the business of healthcare class is this it shows you the whole world this is healthcare this is where it's done who does it how it's paid for how healthcare organizations make money um some of the challenges they're up against which i don't think if from my experience healthcare leaders that have gone from say a clinical position to a, a supervisor position to a management position in the clinical area they don't get that look at the entire healthcare industry. It's kind of surprising to me where in some of my, you know, other places I've worked, you know, we would have di- directors of functional areas that really don't understand how the hospital made money. I mean, they understand they understand how orthopedics runs, but they didn't understand how insurance <laughs> runs, how Medicare, how money falls to a hospital. So I like the business of healthcare because it shows students the whole, I mean, this is healthcare in general. Which I don't, you don't necessarily get when you're working in healthcare leadership positions. Um, I also taught in the uh, master's in nursing program uh, a, a course on quality and safety, which is kind of, one of my passions. And my both, both my stints in healthcare at Cooney Health and at Providence, I did a, a lot of work in quality improvement and patient safety. And I just think it's just that's just a great class to teach because sometimes as a you know as a manager even a professor. You kind of lose that direct connection with patients and patient care a little bit. Whenever I teach a quality and safety class, I feel like I'm getting closer. Clo- I'm getting more closely connected with patients and families because I'm teaching some of these nursing leaders how to improve patient safety and how to improve quality and how to reduce adverse events in their in their areas. And so that was really a fun class to teach, and in a sense that I felt a little more connected to the actual you know, boots on the ground work, you know, working with nursing leaders on how to improve patient safety in their organization. So um, I just been like, to, to me, the quality and safety in healthcare has just been kind of a very, one of the things I'm very fascinated with and very interested in. I can say I did learn a lot in your business of healthcare class. And so I was happy mm-hmm. that was one of my first <laughs> as part of the program. So can you tell us a little bit about what, in your opinion, makes for a really great or robust healthcare leader? I, I, particularly these days, I think a good healthcare leader, um, and I'll go back to that business of healthcare class. I think a good leader really has to understand their particular function that they're leading, but from a total business standpoint. How is that particular area making money or spending money? How does it spend money better? How does it improve their operations? I think what makes you a really good healthcare leader is somebody that's well-rounded. And I say that personally from my professional experience that I saw a lot of healthcare leaders who were excellent nurses, excellent respiratory therapists. But once they got to be a leader, they didn't broaden their horizon or outlook. They, they still saw things kind of one-dimensionally. And so when you're a healthcare leader, you have to worry about hiring and motivating and inspiring people and making sure that your operation is financially sound and making sure you're taking care of patients safely and making sure that you're, um, I'm going to say, organizationally savvy, you know, understand how to work the politics of an organization. And you have to do all of those every day. And so I think a, a, a good healthcare leader understands that what got them into that leadership position was they were probably excellent at being a nurse, at being a technician, at being a medical assistant, at being a revenue cycle analyst. They were excellent at that particular function. But healthcare leadership, you need to widen your lens and be good at a lot of different things. 
and realize that it's going to take development in a lot of different areas to be that well-rounded person. And that the people that think that, well, um, I was a I was a good nurse and those skills are going to translate into me being a good leader is much more involved in that. I also think what in kind of what accelerated my career a little bit, where I've seen people very succeed at, is especially in healthcare, you have to be willing to jump in and do a lot of different things that you're not comfortable with. Because in healthcare, and Kalei, you've had on my flight at my, you know, both my classes, right? That the 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 operating margins in healthcare are very very small, right? In fact, um, right now about half the hospitals in the for example, half the hospitals in the country lose money, and so there's not a lot of extra staffing going around. So if there's a special project that needs to be done in the hospital, it's they're not hiring more people to do that project. They're looking for people to step into these roles and help out. And so I found where the healthcare leaders who have been most successful are the ones that just kind of raise their hand and say, you know what, that's an area I'm not familiar with, but I know I know there's help needed in that area and I'm willing to jump in. Mm-hmm. And so I think healthcare leaders that are very flexible and adaptable and quite frankly, willing to just raise their hand and say, not sure how to do this or if I can do this, but I want to learn and I want to contribute and I want to help out are very successful. And I think that's critical these days because how, you know, healthcare organizations across the board, whether it's a clinic, a hospital, the financial, the financial situations are tough. And so there's great work that needs to be done with very little money and very little staff. And so it requires people across an organization to all step up and say, I'm going to pitch in and try and help. But then, as a as a as a professional, that just sets you apart. When when you can be known as a person in an organization who is willing to step in and learn and help and contribute in any area, boy, your 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 career really accelerates. And I say that when I was at Providence City Joseph Health, you know, I ran the uh, talent management succession planning function, and one of the things that we were looking for in our high potential leaders, one of our key criteria for being a high potential leader is. Are you stepping in and jumping in and helping out in areas that you're not familiar with? So mm-hmm. if somebody was like, wow, that person was a respiratory therapist, but they're helping on this quality project? Whoa. I mean, th- those people were rose to the top of our list in terms of, of high potential leaders. And so I would tell people, don't don't be shy, especially as healthcare leaders, from raising your hand and jumping into things you're not familiar with. And you know something, I, I use the, the nurses as an example. Nurses do that all the time. I mean, nurses are confronted with situations, especially a new nurse, confronted with situations that are new to them all the time. You know what they do? They jump in, take care of it, and, and get it done. I think healthcare leaders could use that same kind of mentality. I'm just going to jump in, figure out how I can help out, and uh, it, it helps the organization. And as a at a personal level, it helps build your personal resume, your personal repertoire of skills that you have. So what would be your biggest piece of advice to students to help them develop these skills? I would think, look, you know, look, look for those opportunities because, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of got my professor hat and my, my corporate hat on and my professor hat would be generically look for those opportunities, kind of volunteer. And then for my corporate hat, um, what I would, what I found sometimes for leaders that were really stagnant in their careers, right? They weren't progressing with the, where they wanted to be, and whatever. That doesn't mean climbing the ladder, but just getting more responsibilities, doing what they wanted to do. They were waiting to be tapped on the shoulder, right? 
they were like, well, I've been here for five years and no one's tapped me on the shoulder to ask me to do something. Well, you got to reverse that. Even if you're a brand new college graduate stepping into a new organization, you got to be willing, like I said before, to raise your hand and not wait to be tapped on the shoulder because healthcare is crazy, it's busy, and there's a lot of work, there's a lot of deadlines. And, you know, quite frankly, we're not like looking around trying to tap people on the shoulder. It's like, who's kind of raising their hand and saying, I want to help? Like one of the biggest pieces of advice I could give to folks, especially kind of new graduates going into the workforce for the first time, don't be afraid to raise your hand and don't be afraid to toot your own horn and make yourself a little visible. Because in healthcare, and I know working there 17 years, it's there's just so many things thrown at you as a manager, as a leader, that I, I just like, didn't have time to go around thinking, who do I want to tap on the shoulder? What I loved was when somebody, and this would happen quite a bit, I would have a project I would be kind of leading in quality or patient safety. And I would get an email from someone that says, hey, Tim, I heard you're running this project. I've got this experience. Do you mind it? Would, I, would you consider me to be on your team? I tell you, 100% of the time I would say yes. Right? Because usually I'm trying to desperately find people to be on my project teams because everyone else is going, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. And then I had some kind of mid-career, young career professional saying, I would love to help and learn. I said, yes. Get beyond my, I mean, literally 30 seconds later, I'm, ta- I'm typing out a message. Yes, please join my team. And so I would encourage folks to, you know, whatever field they're in, to be very good at what they do, right? So whatever your position is, you'd be really good in that position. But don't be afraid to raise your hand and volunteer and take on some projects and live in that chaos a little bit. Because a lot of times, especially in healthcare, you're you're raising your hand, jumping into a project, and the project's kind of messy and it's a little chaotic, but the people that can work in that chaos, that can be flexible and adaptable and still, you know, those are the people that really are successful, have successful careers. So don't, don't be afraid to raise your hand and volunteer and jump into new things. In addition to be, being very good at what you do at your day job. Yay. I think mm-hmm. these are all my questions and I wow, went a So <laughs> thank you so much, Professor Tim. You bet. Well, happy, happy to do this.